Welcome to the Water Walkers podcast. Every Christ follower experiences moments like Peter when Jesus called him out of the boat and onto the water. This podcast can encourage other leaders as you learn to follow the voice of Jesus as Peter did. Today, I'm excited to introduce Michelle Hammonds. Michelle runs a leadership and executive coaching company. She has acquired extensive leadership insight, coaching over 4,500 one-on-one sessions with leaders from over 26 countries. Her clients are diverse across many business sectors, including Fortune 500 companies, C-suite executives, healthcare, energy, utilities, travel and transportation, information technology, real estate, small business owners, family businesses, entrepreneurs, as well as online and brick and mortar storefronts. As you might guess, she has exposure to a wide variety of leadership environments. Michelle also has her own corporate business background, leading cross-functional teams, and is a serial entrepreneur, managing a professional photography studio for over 15 years and other small businesses. She lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma, loves to travel, obviously loves photography, and loves learning new things. While Michelle has many coaching certifications and works with a wide variety of leaders, she has a special passion for kingdom business ventures. She loves connecting leaders to their greater purpose and God's heart for their work. So I'm excited for you to hear her story, hopefully many of her stories, and learn something new along the way. Enjoy. So welcome, Michelle. I'm so glad that you're on the podcast with me today. I so enjoyed our interactions. I enjoy following you along in LinkedIn and the stuff that you've been doing. So really glad to get to introduce you to uh, more people today or introduce them to you rather. But that little icebreaker question that we always love to kind of kick off with, uh, the one that you selected is just to kind of introduce yourself uh, to everybody listening. What was your favorite subject or your least favorite subject in school and why? Well, thank you for asking that question. And also thank you for inviting me to be uh, here today with you. I know this is going to be a great conversation. So that question, I love that question. It took me back to elementary school and uh, my favorite class is growing up. I had some really amazing elementary teachers who shaped my life. And so art and reading were the two that showed up when I asked myself that question. I had a great storyteller reading teacher who really taught me the blessing of just reading and and how rich of a life you can lead through reading. And she was just a great yes. narrator. And so I always look forward to her class. And even today, I love reading because of her. And she had a big impact on me. And art, of course, uh, that's where we have that full creative freedom. And I had a teacher that just let us explore. And she taught us the principles that you learn in elementary school about art, but uh, she also let us be who we were. And I think that that really seeded a lot when I was young, growing up and during that time of my life. Yes, I imagine so. I, I'm guessing as we paint the path of your story, that'll be a consistent thread throughout the whole thing. So that's exciting. Very cool. My daughter right now is going through this phase of middle school where, uh, you know, every class seems to have its ups and downs. But it does seem to be those story driven and art, just top of the class the whole way through. So it's super fun. I love that. Well, so I included a little bit of information about you in the introduction just beforehand, but would love for you to get to share a little bit of your background and, and introduce yourself, kind of your backstory a little bit. Give us an idea of kind of where you come from. Sure. Thank you. So 
my background from a business perspective includes working in corporate, working as an entrepreneur, and at most present working in the coaching industry. And, uh, but I also think it's important as part of my background, just to share a little bit from that faith perspective, which I know is going to be the root of our um, conversation today. I grew up in a family where my parents didn't go to church. And so I, I learned faith on my own. I learned faith by God being in my life, even when I was really young, like seven, eight, nine years old. Um, as soon as I knew who God was, I would accept those invitations to go to church with my neighbors or friends or those people yeah. who would come by with the church buses, right. And invite me to go. So I think that's a part of who I am too. Faith has always been in my life and it wasn't guided by my parents, which I think is kind of a unique factor for me. Yeah. So when I was uh, in corporate uh, and alongside my whole life, I would say I've always trusted my, my intuition, the Holy spirit, right. Is how I describe that. And I've always been able to make big, big pivots where other people might be scratching their head and wondering, what is, what am I up to? (laughs) But I've always felt like the call or the pool to do something. And I've always trusted that, that call. And Mm -hmm. I think there's several examples that we'll talk about today, uh, maybe, and get into that really demonstrate how faith works in our lives. And I would say, you know, I do not profess myself to be somebody who's like extremely knowledgeable. I've always gone to church. I've always learned. I've always been a studier, but I certainly not in the pastoral realms of any level. And so I think it's a work, I'm a work in progress, right? And we're all a work in progress. And I think through those testaments of faith. And we talked about this a little bit when I first met you is like, I feel like in my life, I've had the benefit of actually witnessing real miracles and Mm. maybe people travel through their whole life and never get that firsthand experience. And that has strengthened my faith, just seeing things in action, you know, that are, that are beyond what our mind can conceive in that moment. So, um, I think that's led me to where I am today. I think it's all, an orchestrated path, right. That's been illuminated from one thing to the next. And as a creative, it looks a little messy. Sometimes people wonder, why do you change? Why do you pivot? Why do you change? And I think there's distinctions at each intersection that we make those pivots. That is where we strengthen our purpose, where we strengthen our faith and where we step more into our calling that we're supposed to, to live out in this life. Yes, so true. You have a good example of one of those pivots. I love, you know, it, growing up, I always took interest uh, naturally in photography and in kind of the combination of art and science of how photography works. Uh, I love that. I love that about music as well. But uh, but you had launched out as an entrepreneur with a photography studio and had kind of set a roadmap ahead of you with some expectations, but it does seem like the Lord shows up and kind of introduces a pivot moment. So I wondered if you could just share a little bit of that story you'd shared with me earlier, because I found that encouraging for my own life and think it'd be encouraging for people who would be, could be experiencing similar things like that uh, right now. Absolutely. And so, you know, going back to, gosh, it was 2001, uh, my mom passed away when I was 28. Uh, she, I'm sorry. She was diagnosed when I was 28. She passed away when I was 32. So I had this moment uh, of life and death, which was like the nanosecond difference of a breath. And mm. I know many people have never had that experience, but it's very profound. And in that moment, there was a shift that said, there's more, 
right? There's more, um, when you get this awareness, like immediately, like all these things that we think we have in our life, like our house, our stuff, and like, none of that goes with us <laughs> and it all has to be dealt with. But in that shift, um, the first thing I would say is I knew I wanted, I was working in corporate at the time and I decided to open a photography studio. And I worked in that studio for about 15 years, really working with people's image, which to me is a soulful experience because yeah. one, if I'm taking a photograph of you, I want to make you look better than you do in real life uh, in a natural way. <laughs> I know with Photoshop, we have all these new ways, but um, really to, to bring the best out in someone. And so, you know, shutter click after shutter click doing that thousands of times over the years, I really recognize that, that there's just this emotional uh, part of our image that well, when we can see a picture of ourself, um, that it gives us, and it's when it looks better than we do maybe in real life, because we do take the time and energy to, to, to make it look well, then all of a sudden our image is is representative of who we are in a bigger way, generationally. Like mm. I think photographs, you know, they translate over hundreds of years between family members. So yeah. the past uh, generations can enjoy the present and the future. And so they're, I think they're pretty amazing because photographs are one of the only things that make time stand still. And so a pivot came though for me because I, I was doing a lot of wedding work on Saturday nights and it was during the time my mom was sick and um, I realized when I was up in the balcony of this person's wedding that this, I mean, it was really down to those final hours. And I thought, this is not, this is not congruent with, it's what I committed to. And I have to live up to this commitment in this moment, but it's not what I really want to do long-term. So that kind of set me on a, a search for something new, more in a light, mm -hmm. laptop lifestyle where I didn't have to have this face-to-face -face interaction with someone to make a big impact and having done the emotional work of photography, that's a big search and shoes, big shoes to fill to find another occupation that feels that emotional connection with someone. And my coach at the time, uh, suggested that maybe you should look at coaching. And I was like, well, well what is coaching, <laughs> you know? And I always been a coach in, uh, you know, in a, a non-formal way, helping people right. unpack things. But then I started really looking at it as an industry and recognize there's that same emotional thread that, that you, we lift people up, we make them look better. And I realized for 15 years, I got to work at the, the shutter, making people look better than they do, right? And enlightening their image from the, from the outside beauty. But coaching is about inside beauty and unpacking more of someone. And so I've been doing that for the last seven years, which has been amazing. And that's kind of the short version of what led me to our call today. So I love when you share that story, because I find myself sometimes in situations where there might be a little change in plan. There could be a situation that arises that, that I haven't quite anticipated. I may not feel super prepared for, and it is kind of like there's this searching and sometimes a discovery of, okay, Lord, what are you doing in this moment? And having to trust that he has something for us on the other side, even to the point of, okay, I can either like dig in and continue to press through with my idea, or I need to trust that God's plan is a better plan. So even just as you go through those experiences with these pivots and even with kind of the discovery of what's next. I mean, what was that like in taking that jump into 
exploring the world of coaching and doing what you were doing, I think that there was kind of a natural personality thread that you found yourself compatible with that, which is super exciting. But I imagine on the front end, it might feel like, okay, is this actually going to work out? Is this going to be the better plan if I if I follow this thread, these breadcrumbs that God's put in front of me? Kind of, How did that process go for you? Yeah. So this is such a great question because what happened that really set this in motion was along about maybe 2011, 2012, um, there were some shifts in my corporate work and I'd already been feeling this pull to do something different. And I'd also been working on a debt-free plan. And so um, as I became debt-free in June of 2013, I decided to um, set some money aside to just reward myself. And I was thought, I'm going to buy this great camera setup, just everything I ever wanted, <laughs> kind of candy land of camera setup. And, but when I actually crossed the finish line in that goal, which was aligned to, you know, the borrower is slave to the lender. I was really working on freedom, freedom. And yeah. um, for anyone working on that, I just want to be an encourager. If I can do it, you can do it. Uh, but in that moment where I actually crossed the finish line in that goal, I recognized that wasn't what I was supposed to do with the money I had set aside. There was just a feeling, a sense that uh, said, you know what? I think you just don't need to go there. And I was like, okay, I'm going to trust this because this means there's something better coming. <laughs> you know, at least that's the, how it's played out in my life. So yeah. from, from that date, which was June, 2013, I just patiently waited and I thought it will, I will know the moment that I am supposed to, what I'm supposed to do with this. And so I was at a, uh, a seminar when someone introduced uh high-performance coaching. And I said, that's it. I, I knew immediately the things that that were being shared aligned with the things I could figure out from my life had helped me be successful. And so I said yes to that call. And I had no idea at that moment what was getting ready to happen in my life because it put things on a complete change and trajectory. So it was a big pivot, wow. not only from what I originally thought I was going to be working hard for to finish this goal and like really have some fun with it. But the, and I agreed to give that gift to myself. So I just went with no expectation. And it was so funny because at that time, I'm not sure if I told you this or not, but, um, we, I was in a Bible study and we were talking about the, the, uh, grapevine scripture, right. The, the vine life. And, I, I had to miss one of our Bible studies, but when we graduated in that four days where I got certified, we, we dispersed out onto this patio that was just encased with grapevines everywhere. And to me, it was just like such a powerful, it was beautiful California day. And this patio just represented everything as a big, this is, yes, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And so today I think how that translates for me is where I used to really help people feel better about their self by their photographs. Coaching is more of an internal installation of hope and belief and helping people raise that vibration within their self. And, you know, it, it, in a, from the personal development context, it's about, you know, are you going to overcome your fears? But from the spiritual side, it's like, are you going to trust your faith? Mm. And so I was like, whoa, this is even, you know, um, more amazing than photography because what you get to draw out of people is their limiting beliefs or where they are stuck or where maybe their faith you're having to hold space. You know, I think of it like a, a, 
a big energetic ball or something where you have to hold space for that until the person says, okay, I'll take it. I'm going to run with this. And so I think that's, what's amazing uh, about the transition is the diff- the distinction in the work is so much more powerful. And so now I can talk with the outer beauty with someone, but also that inner beauty that really makes them who they are, right? This creative masterpiece um, that God created by our definition of our fingerprints, right? We're all unique. And so I love the work I do today. It's really amazing. I love that. And I love that in the, through your experience, you have had opportunities to walk out, to live out what you coach. You've had opportunities to kind of lay things on the line and take a step of trust or a leap of faith that really proved to be worthwhile. Uh, and you get to help lead others through that. I find that such an interesting way of how God works, often using our very past experiences, even trials and difficulties we've been through, to then serve and bless others who are around us that are going through similar things or even moving toward a uh, you know the same kind of redemptive outcome. So I love that you've got this wide variety of leaders that you interact with. You've got people all across the spectrum of different leadership environments. You've got people in different countries. I mean, it sounds, you know, quite vast. And so I wonder if you could just paint us a picture of kind of what you do with your coaching, um, with your, with your coaching company and what you love about that. Yeah. So the method that I certified in is high performance coaching and it's outcome driven. So traditional coaching is more as a client, you bringing a concern to the call and you still get to do that when in high performance too, but we're a little bit more directed because the reason why you need a coach is because you're stuck somewhere and you need help getting out of that or getting unstuck. Right. And so sometimes being a little more directed, and that's, I think, a distinction in high performance is to know what are those distinctions as a high performer that help unpack a next level. And if you think about it, and I I always go to kind of Olympic athletes in my mind, but there's no one at the top of their field that isn't getting support or guidance or help or being coached, right? No one at the top of their game is going to go at it alone. They have more insight than that. But I think coaching as an industry isn't really all that. I mean, it's raising and rising in popularity, but overall people don't understand it from an adult perspective. I think when we think about our kids, we get a soccer coach or a gymnastics coach or a speech coach, or, you know, there's lots of coaching with kids, but with adults, we think, oh, okay, we're good. We don't need any help, but that's simply not true. Um, So high performance is a really distinct outcome science-based process that's been measured. That's another distinction in that particular certification that really helps someone move forward in the process. Now, for me as a coach, I also it's always important to me to have that underpinning of faith and um, those principles. So I also have a certification in Christian counseling or coaching, not counseling, sorry, um, that I try to tie scriptures to everything because sometimes you'll hear things like even uh, some of my close friends, they'll say, but wait a minute, aren't you kind of directing your life? Are you really hearing what God's plan is? And so that really is a great question. And I went, okay, well, let me go look at the things that are on my heart and mind and see what the scriptures say about those things. And there's plenty of scriptures that tie to our um, mindset, our health, our wealth, our finances, our um, purpose, right? And our calling in life. And so I think you have to find what resonates with you within those the scriptures to help you see that there is an alignment, right? And that it doesn't have to be a misalignment. 
And often it's not um, because if we're being more purposeful, then we're stepping into that greater level that God's made us for and purposeful for. So for me, I think that's creativity, which is also why I like high performance, because we really bring you to the call or the conversation with what what your ideas and your thoughts and challenges are. And we custom tailor it because no two people are alike. And even though the yeah. curriculum, if you will, is standardized, the experience is very different. So uh, having coached literally thousands of hours in it, none of the calls might even look or feel the same because the person is unique and they're bringing their their needs or their desires or uh, vision to the call. There's, it's easy to you know go find an on-demand course or read a book on leadership, this and that, business management. But to have something that's tailored and that's relational, and uh, that's what such a core um, value of even the way that God's designed us to be able to pursue purpose in a relational way. So just the position that you get to be in with all these different leaders is really, really cool. It's a lot of cooperation, I would feel like, with the Holy Spirit of, okay, Lord, how can we, what can we do here? And the fullest of what God's made available to somebody and called them to, and just shaping that with people is so fun. Well, along your story, uh, you've seen God do some great things that have been real faith builders to you uh, in ways that, like you said, in the way that you grew up, you know, there were these external kind of faith building forces that really helped you along the way. So I wonder if you could share a couple of those stories of places where you've seen God at work in your life or in other people's lives. Maybe it's some stories of answered prayer, but a lot of people went when they're thinking of what does it look like for my faith to really be alive, to be a real thing? Are there some tangible examples where you've seen God at work that would really encourage people who are listening? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, growing up, I had, I feel like I had to have a lot of courage because of the environment I grew up in. And that I think honed some of my faith. And I really do believe I was protected and um, the Holy Spirit was around me and kept me from harm in many aspects of my, um, my young adult life when I was growing up in my home, my family of origin. And so I think that's where it started. But I think also when I think about witnessing uh, miracles, like sometimes we get in these situations. So when my mom passed away, I decided to leave my corporate job and just go full-time into photography, which yeah. I didn't have a big master plan. I know people say, get your business plan. And, you know, I was like, I just know I need to go. And it yeah. was more of a feeling than it was a big master plan. But um, about two weeks after I got my final paycheck from my corporate endeavors, I was hit by a drunk driver at like nine o'clock in the morning and totaled my car, which this was not part of my master plan. Yeah. Um, and so it was like a big obstacle because I was like, okay, I wasn't really planning on buying another car. And this was, um, you know, just not something I had factored in, but I just kept thinking, I know that this is going to work out. Like I had the feeling like I could, even though it was a challenge and an unexpected challenge, cause we're going to get those little kinks thrown in our path. Um, I ended up getting a call from uh, a major corporation in the wedding industry. And they said, we want to partner with you to be a marketing partner. And I'm like, is this, I mean, I just knew in that moment, because I was really standing on my back porch when this call came in and it was just like, it just 
dropped in, right? I just straight out of heaven, I would say. And I thought to myself, okay, the first question I had for this person who called me is I said, where did you find me? <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> I didn't do any, I, I was new at this because I literally, I mean, I'd been doing a little bit of it part-time, but I hadn't really advertised. And I mean, I had a website, but it wasn't like it was really easy to find. And so I said, how did you find me? She goes, oh, well, we just did some research and you came up on the internet. And I just knew in that moment that that was very orchestrated. Yeah. And it was, it was scary. It was a big agreement with a big corporation. Um, that was, was, uh, it was with David's bridal and it was yeah. a big marketing partnership. And I was like, okay. And, and as I learned more about it, it was even bigger and scarier because the people I knew in the industry that had done a really great job uh, or they had been a partner, they weren't successful and I didn't know why they weren't successful. And so I was oh. trying to sort that out, but part of it had to be with, it was just the right opportunity for me at the right time. And I do believe that 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 was just like sent to me directly to take action on. And I had to go through a lot of conversations with myself. It's like, okay, what if I do this? What if I don't do this? What if it all turns out very badly? What if it turns out more than I could ever expect or think, you know? And so it's where this faith and fear interplay a lot for entrepreneurs, because we don't know sometimes we're sitting at the table with somebody who seemingly is a much bigger brand or bigger title or bigger contract. I mean, that contract was scary. I was like, oh my gosh, if I do this, I'm just little old me. And here's this big like corporate contract that I'm having to think about. So mm -hmm. sometimes I think we were faced with those decisions because that's the intersection that we're supposed to really move us forward. Right. And to really help and serve and give and do more. And I'm sure that shows up for many entrepreneurs every day, right? This is everyday courage that we're talking about showing up and staying with alignment to your purpose. So that was the moment I think that I would say was a real witness to me because that answer just came. And so prayer is always at the foundation of it. I've always like, okay, show me the path, illuminate the path, um, talking to God. Okay. I know that you're, you're in charge here. So help me unpack where I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to do next or give me the introduction to someone that that's going to help me with this problem. And I think it's just being in that conversation and prayer minded about what we need, because sometimes we just get so stressed out. We don't think about it. We don't think about asking. We don't think about tapping into that divine resource for guidance or trust it. Um, and sometimes it's hard to trust when nothing's happening seemingly, but it's what faith is. And so Definitely. that's the example. Definitely. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing when we recognize this intersection of, like you said, it's this orchestration that happens that becomes evident because there's the timing, there's the connection, there's the, whether it's out of the blue or however, but it's like the right, you're like finding yourself as the right person at the right place at the right time at a way that's kind of beyond, you know, what you can explain in your own understanding where you realize, wow. God's actually paying attention. Like God actually cares about me. Oh my goodness. And that's one of the things I love about sharing these stories because it's an encouragement to reflect on in my own life. And it's an encouragement to hear in other people's lives. That's why I always encourage people like have a gratitude journal or some kind of way where you are looking back at your story and seeing, recognizing the places where God has shown up because it's so faith building and it's such a reminder that God's not just distant and super impersonal, but he's he's involved and he actually cares 
not just about you as a person. I mean, of course, that's what he cares about the most. That's the thing he's most excited about is relationship with you. But he also cares about your circumstances, about your work, about what you're doing, about your day-to-day life. So little stories like that, just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's a great example. What I want to make sure before we get too far, how can people like get in touch with you? How can we learn more about the coaching that you do and, and just learn more about you? How can, how can people get in touch with you? So the easiest way to get a hold of me is probably through LinkedIn. You can just find me at Michelle Hammonds on LinkedIn and, uh, or you can shoot me an email, Michelle at creativityplaybook.com. And those are the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. Um, and I always invite someone to, to reach out because working with someone, you don't know what can get unpacked for you. And so many times people will sit there and they'll just think, oh, but I don't want to bother someone or you know, what is, what's the sales pitch that's coming? And I'm like, the work I do is not a sales pitch. Either you're ready for it or you're not ready for it. And we're going to find, we're going to have a conversation where we're going to get to know each other and see if it's a good fit for you anyway. But it's, I don't look at it as like, a, uh, it's, even though I sell things, I don't look at it like a sales job because it's, you, if you're intended to call me, you're going to call or email, or we're going to get in contact with each other. And it's those intersections that are intended and already orchestrated before you thought about it, or I thought about it, that are going to make the magic happen, right? With what we're going to do together. So that's a couple of ways to get a hold of me. Great. And I'll make sure to put some of that in the description or the show notes on the podcast. If you're listening or watching, you can find the direct links to her LinkedIn or her email down there. And I do encourage you to reach out because Michelle is super encouraging. Even if you're just going to reach out and kind of explore, get to know her a little bit and find out more about what she offers. uh, It's excellent. It's just so fun to get to know her. And I, I think you'll be encouraged by that too. I would just say if you're out there and you have that idea that's kind of re representing itself, or maybe it keeps coming through your dashboard, um, that you're not acting on. That's probably something to pay attention to and working with someone that can help unpack your own creativity, uh, because your ideas are meant for you to act on. And so if you have that going on to pay attention to that, to be doing that deep, deeper listening, um, and it might, might feel a little scary. It might feel a little uncertain, but it's probably something to pay attention to. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for being on the podcast today. I'm super encouraged just getting to hear about your story and just see even in through the testimony of your own life, how uh, how God's been at work and just the light that you are and just your personality and how engaging you are and just the fun that you have doing what you do. Uh, is awesome. I wish everybody was able to have that much fun doing what they do. I think that's part of the mission of just coming alongside people and and growing into that. So man, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. This has been a joy. And I just appreciate like, I love this book that you've written. I share it with everyone. Because if you put these foundations to work in your business, they're going to amplify your purpose. And uh, I know that there's some really rich foundation there. Indeed, I would hope so. So thank you so much for the shout out. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Be sure to visit ServantLeaderNetwork.org for more helpful resources for your leadership journey. And make sure to bring your water walking shoes.